Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Eva Mwewari Kuntans. Mwetu Chusha Pantu Tuari Chula Kali. If you into film, Kakozwe, Kazangu Kachi Kozwe. Kapirato Kuzangu Kachi Pirato. Katotela. Katotela Kuzangu Kachi Pirato. Chino Chalo, Nisifuto Munomba. Nisifuto Munomba. Daria Luka Sifuto Munomba. Excellent. All right. Let's uh, 
Pennsylvania. Hello, Dr. Monsanje. Greetings. How are you? Hello, Zambia Block Talk Radio. You are doing it again. Thank you. The weather here is wonderful. It's sunny. And we are going to go out a little bit to walk around. Okay. Excellent. It's, it's, it's yeah, actually good. It's good for your legs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It, it's it's good for your legs. It's good for your legs. Yeah, it's very important. Uh huh. Yeah. Let's say hello to our senior statesman here, Doctor Patrick. Good morning. Moikalini, my brother in Duma. Moikalini, Pumkwai, Moikalini. Welcome. It's good to be here. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> well, happy June 10th, and it's an honor and a privilege for you to be part of our team to show us, guide us on things concerning these great United States and the historical aspects of things. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with with everyone. Excellent. And excellent. <laughs> Ah, Roger, by the time we are going to be what, Dr. Patrick will be outshining all of us in speaking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You can talk behind me. You can talk. It it, it, it will be like, don't go there. Don't go there. I heard you. Don't go there. (laughs) Don't go there. I heard you. I heard you. Don't go there. Yes, excellent. We have continued on our series uh, um, to do with uh, youth um, activists and youth uprising in Zambia. Uh, waiting for this young lady to call in. I I hope she's not having any technical issues here, but uh, uh, it is well. So uh, the young people have said, Roger, enough is enough. Hi, Dr. Kalonde. I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay. The, yes, I was saying that the youth have declared the... No, Dr. the 618. At least oh, I know that one. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, okay. that's Malim. <coughs> That's Malimba, oh. uh, Mr. Nkama. So, Amen. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm using I'm using a different I'm using my other line. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm using my second line. That's why you can't recognize my number, but um yeah. I uh, uh these gentlemen oh. with so many numbers, they are playing FBI CIS stuff. I am three Zambia. <laughs> Uh, 
You know, it's just uh, the reality of uh, things with the status quo, you know, uh, mm. the lack of jobs, the you know, the dust hops. You know, when you have a collection of young people who, are, you know, are, are, are employable in the sense that they have, they have you know, uh, taken endeavors towards getting themselves educated, uh, a lot of these young people are, are good young people, decent young people. They just want to live a life, you know. Uh-huh. They're, they're not even asking for too much. And then you see the negligence in government. You know, a, a number of them, in fact, have failed to enter university, not because uh, they don't qualify on merit, but mm. because uh, the government is not willing to, you know, support them along the way. If If a child does not have... Or if a child that you know has both parents alive, uh, technically mm-hmm. you're disqualified from any bursaries in Zambia. So in an event where your alive parents do not have the means to to push you through school, then your dreams are dashed right there. These these are young people who, from the time they were maybe in, in seventh grade, they've had dreams of becoming mm-hmm. engineers and doctors and lawyers and all kinds of things, and they have done their part. And you have a government who are saying we can't we can't sponsor you through school, but they are able to go out there and buy one million dollar fire trucks, you know, and and they want to buy bicycles for eight hundred dollars. I mean, they, the young people are tired. The young people are tired, you know. Hello. Okay. I'm free. Yes. Let's She she has joined us. Uh, Everybody, yeah, this is going to be an exciting and interesting discussion. All right. Uh, with us uh, today is Ms. Mumbina Mwawa. She's a political activist, a human rights educator. She's joining us from Osaka. She's also part of a group called uh, Member uh, Youth for Parliament, and she's going to educate us on all those things. Mumbi, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much, Tim. <laughs> All right. Sorry, you are having difficulties to get through. Is that right? Yes, yes, I was. I, I was. Unfortunately, I hold on to the line long enough. Okay, that's fine. We 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 shall be fine. We've lost about ten minutes here, and uh, let's begin. Uh, this is Zambia Block Talk Radio. Like I said to you, the world is okay. your audience, and uh, we just want to learn. The reason, like my colleague Humphrey was talking as you called him, I just asked him, what do you think is going on here? So, Mumbi, I got to learn or to know about you through uh, Her Royal Highness Princess Mumbi. I think she referenced that you were at a Bill 10 forum at Intercontinental Hotel. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's very right. Okay. You raised some issues about Bill 10. Can you please share with us what are some of those things that you read? Okay, so I think from from the clip that has has been shared, uh, it shows when I was asking a question to to, to the panelists. Uh, mm-hmm. So the panelists of that particular event were comprising of. Um, uh, two members of the ruling party and two members of the opposition and one 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 lawyer, uh, state council, uh, John Sangwa. Uh, yes. My question was going to to the parliamentarians that were seated there representing the, the two political parties, uh, and it was asking them to say uh, why 
uh, is the built and a discussion of the elite. Uh, mm-hmm. How many of them had gone back to their various constituencies to go and tell their people that they are about to change the constitution of the country? Because okay. um, we have to remember that when we are talking about the constitution and its form and, and, and it's being made into something else, when it's officially done, the words that are in the constitution are that we, the people of Zambia, accept this constitution. So if we yes. say we, who mm. exactly are we talking about? Uh, which people are the we that have been mentioned in that constitution that they should accept as the we being present there? Um, it, for me, it, was a, it is a very relevant question because in as much as there is one party accepting it, accepting it and the other refusing it, the question is, do the people you are saying you're representing know it, or is the mm. conversation between the two parties? Uh, then the, the other concerns I had were probably some, or some articles that are, have been placed in the bill itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raising some concerns on them. Uh, one of them that I, I really wanted to pay, I'm really paying attention to is what I'm calling the downward carrot of the bill. And that is the issue of saying in the proposed bill there is, uh, uh, there is an article that's going to be representing women, young people, and the disabled, which I personally haven't seen, and I've not read any of those few words in the article that they're claiming is saying that. Oh, that should be, sorry, they're closing rather. Clause 9, if I'm not mistaken, Clause 9. Yes. It does not mention looks, it does not mention women, and it does not mention disabled people. So when they drive the conversation around it as if being the jackpot of the entire bill by mm. saying it will represent this three marginalized groups, for me it's, uh, it, it's a dangled carrot like I have called it. It's like uh, it's a curtain which is covering a lot of things that are contentious in the bill itself. So you feel like you, you have the impression on that particular clause that you're mentioning, uh, which talks about which is supposed to be addressing the issue of representation of the youth, the women, the disabled, as a deceptive type of way of putting things. Is that is that the impression I'm getting? Sorry? I'm saying, do you do you get the impression that there's some element of deception in Article 9, the way it has been phrased or presented? Yes, there, there, there is some, 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 some deception. Look, when you read Article or Clause 9, what is saying is that they will bring in mixed representation. Okay. okay. Now, when they say mixed representation, at the end of that act of that clause, it says, as prescribed. And people must take note of those words. You cannot assume for the law that just because it says as prescribed, then they'll definitely prescribe that young people, female, and the disabled should be there. The prescription can also come as, oh, when we have parliamentary elections, uh, we will divide the seats according to the rationale in the country, then we'll send those rationales to political parties, then they'll send their people. And those people should comprise of women, young people and the disabled. So many political parties can send one of each and they'll still say, oh, we send. That is a prescription. Okay? It's a different thing. If they come with the words and say, when we talk about 
meet representation we are talking about introduction introducing young people women and disabled by proportion and the proportion should either be in percentage or in specified numbers the constitution giving them limits to say this is the lowest number you should have that is a better prescription but if you just say as prescribed it could come mm. anywhere mentioning the three the three elements of women females and disabled people but mine has given a guidance of how exactly it should be done as we are speaking we have a number of women in parliament and if that new person trust me somebody is going to come up and say we already have women because it's just as prescribed and we don't know how the prescription will come out like if they just say oh police for bring people who are disabled they should also be presented and they send one person to but that's not fair representation of people who are disabled if they say oh bring women and or bring you some they bring one one young person that is not fair representation that is just all because they are that is this representation that the population of these three marginalized groups is it enough to represent them? So the as prescribed is not a just phrase to show. Mm, we must I, be very deliberate about the prescription. I hear you. The, the key word there about what you have said is deliberate, very deliberate about. Oh, yes. my goodness. Humphrey Roger, are you listening to this? And Okay. <laughs> very interesting. I'll let my colleague ask a question. Brilliant. Yeah. Mumbi, here's one thing that I also wanted to talk about. Uh, in, in that, it appears the moderator was sort of like to talk you down. It, my, my, my question here simply is that, how did the moderator treat you? What was the interaction between you and the moderator? Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, the, 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 inter, the, the interaction that I had with the moderator, I think it was when I started to ask a question, he stop me real quickly and told me oh, we don't have time so be fast um, uh, with the help of the people there at least the, the action was managed to be named as they were patronizing me because the moderator patronized me uh, mm-hmm. more like limited my knowledge at wondering what I was going to ask and I was put in pressure of asking the question real fast because we were running out of time of which mm. that wasn't the problem. The problem wasn't time. The problem was the wrong interpretation of the and somebody deliberately doing the wrong interpretation for their own benefit. So uh, I think, like I say, the people that were with me gave it a good word, and uh, I was patronized. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because I could tell from the way uh, President Mumbi referenced or referred to you that she really wasn't impressed by the way you, you were treated. Okay, my next question is, it's obvious the nation is divided over this new thing. Okay, others are saying it's progressive. Definitely. Others are saying it will take the nation back to a one-party state. In your opinion, which is which, progressive or not progressive? <laughs> uh, for me, it's definitely not, not progressive. Look, uh, many people will tell you that Yes, the bill has got about 79 clauses. And mm-hmm. they'll say, you can't just make the entire bill look bad over six, nine, five clauses that people feel like a convention. But the issue is that the power that those five, nine have are mm. so much that they can be able to shadow the rest that will remain when we remove the five out of the 79. Okay? Uh, mm-hmm. The five 
that are going through, that, that we are complaining about, are so contentious such that they are giving us most power to whoever is in power. And this is why people are missing it. They wanted to make it look like it's an opposition against the ruling. No. It's the people against the law. It's not the people against the law. It's the people against people trying to, you know, to, to dispel the law. Okay? Uh, if next year it turns out that we have a change of government and they find the same bill that we're refusing today, what guarantee do we have that today's opposition that are singing with the citizens will sing with the citizens? Should they come into power and find the same bill that is giving them utmost power? Okay? The conversation is about serving the people and not yeah. not, not the, the, the UPND and DF and whoever feels offended and if they are agreeing to the deal or not, but protecting the interests of the citizens from whoever will come into power by making sure that the power is limited such that there is still room for interaction with the citizens and the citizens still appear relevant. Mm. Okay. What is happening with that view when you clearly read it? There are some extremely sensitive issues that you can't just ignore. For example, the issue of um, uh, the issue of saying that uh, Parliament should not, you know, remove oversight of Parliament when it comes to contracting debt. That in itself is one crazy clause I've never seen. Parliament has got the way it is, it is set up. It's got the opposition and the ruling. And the job yes. for both of them is to interact with each other, one to provide accountability, one to execute the duty of government. Okay? And in fact, both of them providing accountability and providing checks and balances is, 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 in, in itself is a way of governance, whether you are ruling or you are not. So when you remove such a very important part of governance, which is contracted debt for a nation, then what, what exactly are we doing? Because this is not a one-man show. No. When you are in power, you are there because people have entrusted you with their power. So if you decide to get the other part of me that is not agreeing with you and throw it away and decide to make decisions away from me, do I trust that you will make the decisions that will favor me as a citizen of the country? No. That is the reason why we have the opposition there, to provide counter, the, 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 the counter conversation, okay? Provide counter solutions. So if we have a deal that says that, you know what it means? Only cabinet will be there to do all those necessary procedures such as contracting debt. But if cabinet is the only one contracting debt, you know what that means? It's only the ruling party that is going to be making those decisions. Because cabinet doesn't know that it's elects an opposition to be in cabinet. It will never happen. And we must understand to say cabinet comprises of different people. Some people are just party loyalists. Their education system is not even up to standard with what the country needs. But they're just party loyalists. And by God's grace, and uh, the sanction that their friends are uh, the powers that be, they have mm. been appointed. So they're in there also sitting in cabinet. They do not have the much idea that is needed to run a country. And all they are thinking about is debt. Oh, let's get the debt because we're going to build roads and people will see them. And they're in cabinet. So you remove the, 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 the debt contraction from parliament. They don't see anymore. Then you take it to cabinet, this has got a mixture of characters. Then where does accountability, how do we, so how, how are we going to conversate about accountability? How are we going to conversate about checks and balances? So 
that in itself is so huge. As we are speaking, Zambia is one of the countries that is being talked about as having so much debt, such that we can't even get relieved of it. It's like they're describing it as bondage. And when we reach such a critical time, when we need the entire mind of the system, whether you are in the opposition or in the ruling party, to sit down and help each other, then you say, oh, remove it from their eyes. That is a very dangerous way of, of handling it right now. Uh, I see your argument and your contention there. It makes sense. Well, before yeah. I move on, I move away from uh, Bill 10, and I, I don't know if my colleagues would like to chip in here. Roger, uh, Humphrey, uh, Noah, any question on Bill 10? Or... Mm, what uh, Ms. Mumbi is talking about before I ask my uh, my next question? Okay. Uh, Mumbi, well, um, this... Yeah, go ahead, Roger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not necessarily um, uh, Bill 10. Uh, I would just, I would like to know what is uh, uh, the plan. What are they working on? I don't know if that is an advanced question you have on your paper, NASA. Uh, because we, I'm sure all of us know this bill has been rejected by the, the Zambians. Mm-hmm. So what is the way forward uh, with our organization? What are, what are they doing? Mombi, you heard the question? Okay. Uh, I think uh, she, she, she dropped. Yeah, while we are trying to get our guest back on the show, I just have a question. So is the uprising in Zambia connected to the Bill 10 or it's separate from the Bill 10? It's just people are revolting against the PF government or is the revolt connected to the Bill? Just just want to get a clarification. <laughs> I, 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 I love... Uh... Uh, this is what he, uh, uh, Brother Humphrey was talking about. The, 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 the pressure cooker, Noah, in Zambia is just now can't hold it anymore. So the, the oh, protest yeah. has to talk about corruption. Protest, I'm sure, wants to talk about uh, the butane they want to force on us. Uh, it is just that People just are, in Zambia are tired of the PF. That, that, that's the bottom line. So this protest, uh, the, the combo, put it as a combo from McDonald's. It, it has a lot of things in it. I could be wrong. Oh, I see. I see. Thank you. Mm. I could be. I could be. I could be wrong. Oh. I don't know. Humphrey, what do you think? Yeah, I, I I I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you because uh, at some point this was inevitable. It was going to erupt. You see, because right. if you look at the direction our country has taken, especially after PF have come into power, 
you know, that's why for me, uh, and, and, and not to talk about uh, the late Michael Sata or any of that stuff, you see, you, you can see where a nation is in terms of uh, the overall political psychology of a nation by the sorts of leaders that people are putting in, in, in positions of power. Because for a leader to be elected, there has to be some form of inspiration that he has to drought you know, onto the citizens that have to eventually vote for him. So if you have a certain quality of leaders uh, inspiring the greater population of a nation and they end up taking up these offices, that directly speaks to where a country is in terms of, uh, you know, their political understanding, their value systems and things of that sort. So, you see, we voted... uh, let, Let me interrupt you. Yes. Sorry, let me interrupt you there. Yeah. We are back. Mumbi, are you there? Okay. Yes, I'm here. Okay. The question was, are things start, where do things stand now, and what, what, are, what, what, what is your organization or your movement, you guys? What plan of action do you have? Um, concerning the bill or, or, yes, or generally on the... Concerning bill 10. Okay. Uh, so concerning the bill, um, I wouldn't say that it's an it's an entire movement that is uh, is that, that, that is uh, driving the agenda. But what I can say is that we have a lot of young people that are speaking for and against, and it's, uh, this is currently it's a very difficult conversation to penetrate because suddenly uh, there are young people now that are being used as tools to be distracted of the other ones who are saying no to the deal. Now, for these young people, it's, uh, some of them understand what they're doing, but majority of them don't understand. Uh, most, most of them, if you ask them to say, okay, why are you defending the deal? They'll tell you because in, in, in our time, they'll say, hey, and like you're trying to disturb his leadership. They don't even understand why they're saying no to it or why they're agreeing to it. The idea is that it is centered around a particular leader that they love. Okay? And for those, mm-hmm. there are other ones now who are saying no to it. They are also saying no to it because they're attached to a particular political party which they feel because their 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 president are saying no. So the conversation has has been more politicized. Has has been more politicized. So which one the leaders with leaders for us who who are who are in the movement? Now our agenda is to educate people, sensitize them about this bill. Because at the end of the day, we don't want them to buy what we think. It should be a decision that each and every individual should make to say, am I agreeing to it or not? So now as a movement, we've just set up the task to make sure we sensitize people about it, talk about it as many times as possible, break the, 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 the technical language that's in the deal, and just make sure that each and every citizen on, on, on the various levels that we have in, in the country of the lower, medium, and high-class citizens, everybody has a piece of an understanding of what it is. So now it is the best thing that is happening. At least we can hear the conversation uh, growing at least even in the local communities, you can hear them not really knowing what they're talking about. I've heard it in their ears to say, oh, they're a beauty. So for now, okay. that, that is now the agenda. 
you must so sensitize you, people let, about let, it. Let me, let me ask you this, Mumbi. Here's the issue, and this is the challenge we have in Zambia. We have a small pockets of people rise up, make noise, and what? How have you guys, have you organized yourselves in a formal way? Uh, are you speaking the same language? How is this being done? How is, how is this being done nationwide? Let's talk nationwide. Okay, so, 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 so right? uh, there is a group of people that are agreeing to it. Uh, they may not, we may not sit together and say, oh, let's say both of them do. But we are meeting three different conversations. We are having a lot of online conversations. We have young ladies like uh, Tinashe Mzala, who keeps having nice friends, and we have different opinions at the same time. Those who are saying yes to the deal, they'll be there on that day to explain what is happening in there. Uh, so we're going to also watch the online stream and explain why they're saying not to it. But when you hear the majority of the people and the language that they're having at this point, you can tell the citizens are not okay with it. Now that they've understood most of the things that are in there, not not completely, but from the few things that they are learning, you can be able to just within their capacity, they are able to, to to make a decision to say no. Uh, I can tell you the majority of the citizens have actually said no to it. Okay. So saying yes, sometimes you really have to look into it and understand why are they saying yes. Okay. Well, okay. Interesting. So there there is a current uh, what we make or what in the past few weeks and months we've seen some sort of youth uprising in the nation. Okay. So what what is motivating this? What what's the motivation politically, economically? What are the issues leading causing this uprising? Why are you guys rising up? And the leading issue of the uprising is the social and the economic inequalities. It's not even political. Uh, look, we can have bad leadership, and if we want to change it, we, we can we can swing it anyway because young people are the majority, and that is that is the reality. Uh, the uprise is because of social and economic inequalities. Recently, we've had a discussion of of the gold. I'm sure you've heard about the, the gold mine and yes. the gold that has been discovered, and now there are foreigners trying to come in and. You know, this, at a greater extent, has pushed this uprising that is coming up. Um, mm. So we have an issue of gold here, and what is happening is that uh, from the gold that has been found, apparently, VCCM, we don't know why they couldn't have all the shares. It turns out they left some some spaces. They allowed some people to come in as investors, our Sudanese brothers. We are, we are not being xenophobic. Uh, what what we're saying is that our brothers from Sudan uh, turned out to partner with us here and came to own 65% of the gold mine with an investment of 2.5 million. Now, when you listen to to the amount that they're coming in to hold the majority of the shares, it's too small for us to get 65% of the shares be uh, for be for the Sudanese. Uh, we are complaining about this because, look, recently we had a situation where the country purchased 42 fire trucks for 42 million. Each fire mm-hmm. truck was costing a million. And that is way more than the 2.5 million. Okay? 
We okay. have uh, the, 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 the issue of the, 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 the jet that was, that, that was purchased for, for the president. It's way mm. higher than the 2.5 million. We have seen some, 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 some political profiles who go to their constituencies and donate things for worth 1.2 million. That is like 1.3 million away from 2.5 million. And we want to give the 2.5 million amount and equate it to 65% shares of the gold mine. Now, the question that comes in is, if they are going to say, oh, this is the FBI, foreign direct investment, did they exhaust all the search that they could do in the country such that they couldn't find citizens who could buy those shares at two to five million. And yes, have partners, let's just see, and yes, have partners, but who are Zambians? Okay? Did they exhaust all the businessmen that we have? If not, why when the shares may be floated on the Saka Stock Exchange so that people can now purchase them as Zambians? to bring the ownership of this mineral. Because for us, it's like something that is going to help us off the debt. We have so much debt that, as we are thinking, how much debt we have, because they know they'll say this tomorrow, they'll say this. And it's becoming difficult to really understand where we are exactly. We are hearing reports, oh, Zambia's debt is this much. When you ask the people in Zambia, okay, guys, how much do we have? They say something else. It is becoming extremely difficult. And if we find ourselves an opportunity like having gold, and we are talking about in the next six months, if they do mine that gold, and the money that is going to come in, it can do a lot for the debt that we are having. We need to remember that in 2022, our euro will be due. How much are we preparing for that? Because as we are speaking, we are which is extremely unhealthy. So how do we get out of that? Uh, so in the middle uh, of the conclusion, we get lucky we have the gold. Yes. Mundi. Yeah. Um, rather than to go into so many directions, uh, you have this issue of gold. Uh, we are all we are yes. very surprised of Mr. Lungu. This one one issue, Mumbi. This is one issue. We think mm-hmm. if all of us we mobilize, we all do that. <laughs> because we are fighting building. Yes. Hey, hold on. We are fighting building. Uh, I don't know if we have enough resources to put people at the mine to make sure that God is, go- is not going when we are all in, 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 in Lusaka. The, the God thing can yes. solve a lot of things. The, the selfishness of Mr. Lungu, if we don't go to Papu Shabonse, if you understand Bemba, if we don't go to Papu Shabonse, the selfishness yes, of Mr. Lungu, this man is selfish. That should be your central theme, the selfishness of this man. Guys, let's mobilize. If it is God, we have a pain. Others didn't buy a good but if you are going to um, break the, the pieces, you are on uh, Buten, you are on this. God Mukasangana was saying that you are an Ipwa. Are you listening? Yes. And that's the relevant. Yes. Go ahead, Mum. Yes, and, and that's. 
that was a relevant conversation we're trying to have because we are having on one side we're trying to make sure that this issue doesn't pass us on the other hand we are having a duten attack so some of these conversations traction to what is necessary okay right now the god issue is so sensitive such that everybody's eyes have to be there but at the same time what is happening that the god doesn't go out and we are being attacked from the bill side again if this bill goes up and it passes we get stuck again when it comes to, to, to our our legal practices so now where do we stand you see now why people are getting worried the question is what exactly do you want to do can we deal with this now can we deal with this yeah. later everyone mm-hmm. is around the place we don't understand what they are doing on the other hand this one is saying this on the other hand this one is saying this there's a lot of miscommunication within themselves that's what they're bringing disturbances to the citizens and not the conversations so that is the other reason why there is this uprising the other third reason why there is this young people's uprising is because of how you like our rights to freedom of expression is being suppressed there this uh, recently we've had a, a situation where people speak the powers that be are the ones who are threatening us okay people in high profile places our elected leaders for that matter are the ones who are coming against us or telling us oh keep quiet or you don't know anything or you don't know this and that is beginning to to, to break us emotionally because this is one thing we should understand when citizens are not speaking they are blocking their own future they are not there's no two ways about it unfortunately once you keep quiet the only thing you are blocking is your future so if we are told to keep quiet we are beginning to hold up a lot of things that now at this point where the economy is going down and there has been an increase in 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 in, in, in social equality now people want to break out of the box and just speak because mm-hmm. if we let this issue pass this point the reality is that we are doomed the direction we're taking as a country is taking us nowhere apart from going to darkness that is the truth there's no way you can come back from death there is no way you you you, you can come back from lost minerals there is no way you you can come back from a suppressed freedom of speech and why you want to fight for it and you don't want to reach that extent so people okay. are speaking now okay let's do this movie there's there, there has to be some way of cohesion of mobilizing and this thing being looking like it's with a sense of direction like my colleague my friend mm-hmm. has said it appears we are shooting in different directions this leads me to the next question okay you are part of okay we've talked about butem the issue of gold has come up you've addressed one of the questions that i had on my list on freedom of expression now let's talk about this issue you are a member of youth for parliament tell us about this uh, group and what uh, what is youth for parliament about She drops when she stops talking. The phone drops. Uh, okay, I think she drops. Mumbi, are you back? Yes, I'm. I'm here. Yes, did you hear my question? Oh, phone? okay. 
No, I, I, I didn't get it. Apologies. Tell us what the uh, Youth for Parliament organize, uh, movement organization is about. Okay, so uh, Youth for Parliament is a social movement uh, that was made by the young people and is still for the young people. So it comprises of different uh, 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 different young people with different ideologies, but the idea is the unity among young people. Um, the purpose of Youth for Parliament is to embrace the different ideas that individuals have, because so long we're human beings, we are prone to having different uh, opinions. So the aim of Youth for Parliament is to bring an atmosphere where young people can embrace each other's opinions, mm-hmm. and that it being ha- having to be dressed. Because we've now we've now been placed in a situation where when you speak, it's either you are for this side or for this side. There is no it's no longer patriotism to speak. When you speak, it's either you're picking one side or the other side, which is extremely unfair. So the aim of this for Parliament is to embrace young people's voices. At the same time, is to make sure that we have representation of young people in decision-making positions and just not the. Uh, decision-making positions, but key decision-making positions, such as parliament itself being the major target, because this is where all the laws start from. Okay. So, uh, you see, I'm trying to get some sort of understanding here about the focus and direction, because, so in other words, the youth for parliament is, uh, it con- you guys comprise of different political affiliations, right? Yes. All right. That, that's interesting. Yes, to have yes, yes, it does. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yes, yes. so the, the aim of... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the, the aim of it having uh, different young people of different political affiliations is to embrace the, the, the difference that exists among individuals, but with sending a message to say young people are more than willing to work together despite having different beliefs and ideologies because that is how it's supposed to be. People should have different ideas. When people have different ideas, you need room to explore something new. Okay? That is why we are allowing different young people with with, with different uh, uh, political affiliations. the major issue of having it mixed is that these young people should come together and agree that it is time for young people to take over, to take over in one way or another. We are believing in young people's leadership. Uh, from time immemorial, it's always been young people. When change is about to come, young people must exist. Uh, for us who are Christians, even the Bible has shown in a lot of different ways that it has to be young people for change to come. And it is the time now. Look, Zambia comprises of its majority of its population of young people themselves. So if mm. they are not being given a fair share to participate, who is going to speak for them? Remember, if we begin to talk about the future, the future is not for our, our, our old leaders that we're talking about right now. That future for our old leaders is what they are living right now. So what we're trying to create is a space in which we are going to walk into. We don't want to walk into a space where somebody who is living their future today, because this time that they're living is what they were saying, oh, in the future I shall be. So they're just living their future. 
So what uh, YPOP is trying to embrace is young people being able to set goals for their future at national level and make sure that it is set for it, it is a set ground for the next generation to step into. So to do this, we must agree to disagree and then see what is going to work best now and which one is going to work best later. But at the end of the day, achieve all social and economic uh, stability areas that we are trying to, 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 to tap into. Okay. Let's take two or three questions before we end our discussion here. Let's go to Atlanta. Humphrey, go ahead. Thank you, uh, Pastor Kama. Uh, thank you very much, Mumbi. Uh, first of all, I want to say I am, I am both inspired and very proud, uh, you know, to have a young lady who is so collected uh, with soundness of mind concerning, our, you know, our political situation in Zambia. Most young people uh, are carried away by other things. And I'm just really happy to have, uh, you know, someone like you spearheading this, uh, this movement. Uh, when I look at uh, the patterns of politics in our country in terms of uh, leadership, we've had people that have come on board, you know, and inspired a, a lot of us, inspired uh, the citizenry, and uh, a lot of these people have ended up taking up these high offices. Uh, you know, case in point, we've had people like Frederick Chulova, we've had Dr. Kaunda himself, we've had, you know, Michael Sata. And I think the aftermath of their leadership is that uh, most of these people are not remembered for uh, what I would say, great, great thing. You know, uh, there's always this association with negativity, you know, in terms of what they did or how they are conducted uh, their leadership. So when I listen to you, I detect a very high-profile, you know, political leader in the making. You know, I, I, I look at you as somebody who is going to take up some really, really high office, you know, in, in, in Zambia. Yeah, I think potentially you do have what it takes. Just from face value and listening to you, I think you do have what it takes. Now, the questions I have uh, are two. The, the first question is, I know there are various aspects or, or factors that have, you know, supported or, 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 or I would say, for lack of a better word, sponsored the dysfunctions that we continue to see in our political system in Zambia. You know, there are various factors. So the question I have, the first question is, what would you say has been the single most factor that has led to the, to the dysfunctions that we continue to see? What do you think is the single most factor out of the various, various factors, but what do you think is the biggest factor to the dysfunctions that we continue to see in our politics. The second question I have is, as a person, not as a group, but as an individual person, you know, they say when you fall among thieves, you know, you start stealing. Or when you lie down with dogs, you wake up with fleas. As a single person, you know, aspiring, you know, in, in, in the political movement, uh how can you guarantee the continuity of the vision that you have? You know, I have seen people come on board, and uh, before they know it, they're diluted because either they affiliate themselves with the wrong crowd, you know. But you as a person, what, what sort of uh, safety nets, you know, in your character, in, in your pursuit of what you're doing, 
What can you say will guarantee the continuity of, of, of this zeal, this vision, this heart for the people? What would you say you have put in place to guarantee that? Because 10 years down the line, you'll still be a young person. And uh, more than likely, there, there are many factors that might come into play to derail you from, from what I would say God has put on, on your heart. Because I, I hear you're mentioning, uh, you know, you're making reference to the Bible, which tells me you also have Christian values, which is really a, a plus because that's one thing that's lacking amongst our leaders. So these are the questions I have. How do you guarantee the continuity of, of, of that vision, of that dream? You know, the first question was, you know, how, what would you say is the single most thing that has, has helped or supported the dysfunctions that we continue to see in Zambia? Thank you. Uh, okay, thank you for so, so, for those. Um, okay, so for for the first question, uh, what I feel has been a major factor of uh, destabilizing our political system has is, is first the people lacking vision for a country, and this has been caused. Uh, and this has been caused by the idea of commercializing politics. Um, uh, people have lost the vision of what politics are. If you ask me, politics are a service to the people. This is you as an individual coming out and saying there is a gap that you have identified and you feel like it could be solved. And you feel like you have the capacity and, and you have ideas and you're ready to come on board and solve that particular problem. So you come in to provide a service. It's a service of social economic uh, equality that you are supposed to come and perform. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about equal distribution of resources, equal opportunities of citizens of the country, making the environment favorable for, for your citizens to thrive. So you are coming to deliver a service. But now people are lacking vision. Why? Because the politics have been commercialized. It has now turned into a game of those who've got power. And power now has also been divided. They are one with the power to influence people to vote. And for them to influence people to vote for that particular person, they must be financially, financially backed up. And the people who can only financially back them up are the people who are also in for higher positions but do not have a vision for a country, okay? So they are there, not having any vision, but they are identifying these young people and these other uh, people that we can find in our communities that are so influential, and they're looking at them and looking at how poor they are and seeing that they are only seeing, the only thing that can salvage them is the financial muscle, and that is what they begin to provide. Once you bring in the aspect of finances to making somebody agree with you, eventually you commercialize whatever business you are doing, whatever you're talking about. And it is the wrongest thing that should ever happen to politics because it means you've, sell, you've sold an entire citizenry. So mm. people who don't have business have commercialized the conversation of politics instead of it being a service to the people. And that is one of the biggest factors that has destroyed the, the, the political system of the country. The people without knowledge have understood the idea of making this a business. They don't have the vision, so they decide 
to make a business out of it. That is why it is also important to have a vision. Look, a vision has got a period. It must start and it must end. And when it ends, don't think you you can proceed from there. You might have other ideas, but those will just be ideas and not a vision. A vision should end. And when it ends, there should always be somebody to pick it up and continue. That is why a vision must start. If you don't have a vision, you keep thinking you can rule because you have never planned anything. You don't foresee anything. You have nothing really to achieve. All you just want to do is be in a particular position. So what I have is a, a, a crop of leaders, and, and this is in, 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 in politics generally, not, really the, not only the ruling party, but even in the other opposition, in, in the opposition parties themselves and other aspiring candidates, those who are even independent, you can tell that the crave they have is to have power, but they do not have the vision. If you ask them specifically, what do you want to pursue? They can't explain. All they'll tell you is things are not okay. So they can. They are responding to the bitterness of the environment and not trying to attend to the needs of society. So there is total lack of vision that is causing politics to be commercialized and now has destroyed the entire conversation of what politics is. Um, the second question is how do I guarantee the continuity of of the vision that I'm having. Uh, it's, it's a very tricky question because it comes back to me as a person in in, 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 a, in my individual capacity. Um, this is one thing I've, I've, I've assured myself. When I got into the political lines, I wasn't financially stable, and money never excited me. Uh, as a young person, I have been I've decided to see to it that I begin to have the monopoly over my basic needs. Because lack of monopoly over an individual's basic needs is what causes them to outsource. And there is nothing like free lunch. We, we do not have that in economics. There is nothing like free lunch. Once you outsource, be rest assured that in one way or the other, they out to you as an outsource. And they will use you. So what am I doing in my capacity? I am making sure that I take control and have monopoly over my basic needs and make sure that finances is not one thing to excite me because I'll, I can guarantee you that majority of the people who are being topmost mm. boot leakers, they are in there because they are being supported and the support that right. is coming for them is a financial matter and the luxury life that they couldn't give themselves. So I am beginning to provide this to myself. Mombi, let me stop you there. Our time is up. I will tell you this. This yes. conversation needs to continue. And I, want, and I want you to and your friends to organize yourself so that we continue this conversation and sort of create a co- co- cohesion on how we are going to get things done and not shooting in different directions. Thank you for taking the time. And mm-hmm. by the way, happy birthday. Okay. Celebrating <laughs> style. And have a wonderful weekend. Okay, everybody, that was Mumbi joining us to discuss. And let's go back in for open forum. Okay, thank you. Nasibiu, hello, it's me.